Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Doreen. Doreen, welcome back to the show, friend. So great to be with you. So good to be with you. Can you catch us up on what's been happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and any well, ministry projects you're working on? Yeah. Yeah. So you and Sarah came to my graduation in July in Portland, where I graduated with my master's from Western Seminary. And and uh, and so, you know, since then, I've been doing my best to keep up with social media um, where people write me. It's so encouraging, Dave, because so many people are being called out of the new age by the Lord. And and so a lot of them will write me. And uh, and so I'll be working with them to find a good local church to get them plugged into. It's so important and make sure they're reading the Bible and that they've thrown away their new age items. And so keeping up with the mail is um, a big part of my day. And then, as you know, my mom um, fell ill again. So she's back home with us and I'm her full-time caretaker. And it's, it's like having a toddler again. It's like having a baby. And so that's been keeping me super busy. And then I just pray for God to use me for his glory and to point people to his kingdom. Especially, I love, I love helping people who are using new age tools and they don't even know it. They're professing Christians who are dabbling and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Well, you know, that I, you know, Sarah and I are praying for your mom first. Thank you. And uh, I told you this many times, I'm just so thankful for how the Lord is using you and he is using you. So we give thanks for your, thank you. I, I have so much that is on my heart to do. You know, I want to do these free little booklets for Kindle Amazon Kindle. I just want to do lots and lots of free little booklets because other people continue to sell my old new age stuff. And, and I just want to have the Christian um, response to the new age old stuff up there for free. Um, It's just a matter of making the time to do that. So that's on my list and on my heart every day. Wonderful. Well, we'll promote that too, to help you. Thank you. Get it out. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. So today, guys, we're going to talk with Doreen about equipping people to help others engage in a new age. And our first question for Doreen is this. Uh, what are some specific things you're seeing as challenges as you minister to people with the new age? Um, you know, what I look for in, when I'm talking to someone is uh, their humbleness and um, their teachability. And so if someone comes to me and and they don't have a, a, a teachable heart, of course, only God knows whether they're teachable or not. It makes it challenging if they've um, if they've got they've come out of the new age and they've gone right into another deception, like word of faith is so similar to the new age. And so sometimes um, I'll find people who get hooked into Kenneth Copeland, for instance, or Joel Osteen. And, and and it seems like they're a Christian, they're professing Christian, using Christianese language, but they're still in the new age, essentially decreeing, declaring, and visualizing and manifesting instead of trusting in our sovereign God who's in charge. Um, the other thing is I've talked to people who've gotten hooked into the Hebrew roots movement from the new age and 
And so they're very much into um, the ceremonial laws, which were fulfilled by Jesus. And the moral laws, the Ten Commandments, of course, are still for today. Um, but if they're hooked into the ceremonial laws, then it's difficult to reach them. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying, though, is, okay, let's leave this, but then we're not going to leave it behind. We're going to replace it with something else. Yeah. Pretty so much. we're not going to get grounded in the Bible. We're going to mm-hmm. have the Bible plus something else. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, I think the heart of what we're going to talk about today is the idea of syncretism that we can, you know, I know we've talked about it before blending and mixing. And yeah. I think it's a, the more I'm, the more I'm thinking and seeing this since you and I have started talking, I'm, I see it now everywhere. It's, it's yeah. kind of a, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I saw it before, but now I'm like seeing it even more. And I just think that people need to understand it's like deception is all around us and you, you, we don't have to be deceived. We have as Christians we're indwelt by the Holy spirit and we have the truth in the 66 books of scripture. And that's enough for us. We, so you don't have to mix and match and whatever it is. You just have to open your Bible and uh, go, go there. I mean, I think, you know, that is the big issue, like yep. in the Bible, like, don't just say, okay, well, there's all these things or you don't, you don't really like the Bible. Like, okay, so where, where are you seeking truth and, and meaning and value? And, you know, some people say, you know, Buddhism and Christianity or whatever else, they, they somehow are a coherent system. They're totally, totally, totally different. I mean, complete opposites. Yes. A desire is totally different, not to mention, I mean, how historic Christianity has taught about biblical spirituality. So, yeah. I mean, your first book about the, the word and, and just getting into the Bible, your ministry is exactly what everyone needs. And I would say, especially those coming out of deception, whether it's new age or progressive Christianity, which is not Christianity or word of faith. Um, because a lot of times, you know, and this is what I was in error in before I was saved, where we say, well, the Bible talks about astrology, so therefore it must be okay. The Bible talks about oils, so therefore I can use essential oils as an idol. The Bible talks about crystals, so I can use crystals as an idol. And and so only when you read the whole Bible in context, you see that the Bible's reporting on idolatry not glorifying it. So there were astrologers in the Bible, particularly the book of Daniel, where we see that the astrologers could not um, unlock Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Only um, Daniel could, because he was getting the the answers directly from God, not from the stars. Romans 1, talk, Romans 1.25 in particular says that we cannot worship the creation. We need to worship the creator. So this is where a lot of people think they can blend new age and Christianity. And they argue vehemently with, with this. And, and I'm like, Hey, you guys, I'm 63 years old. I was in the new age most of my life. You know, these are people who've been in the new age three years and (laughs) no, Um, you, you, they're the opposite. So the new age, progressive Christianity and word of faith who all have the same author, the devil, all say you glorify yourself, and that's your purpose. Where the Bible tells us that our purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So you can't do both. That's to me just black and white. You can't blend. Amen. That's that's really well said. Um, what are some dangers for people to avoid as they come out of the New Age into biblical Christianity? Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, the Jesus parable of the four soils is 
a perfect roadmap for New Agers, that the the seeds of the gospel can be sown, but it has to be nurtured in good soil in our hearts in order to produce fruit. So what's fruit? Um, Go to Galatians 5, and you can see that there's evidence of the Holy Spirit uh, giving you a new heart and a new life. And so nobody's perfect. We still sin. Romans 3.23 says that, but we want to make sure that we are going in that direction. And I think the main thing when we look at Paul's letters to the Corinthians is to make sure that we have godly sorrow over our sin instead of worldly sorrow. What's the difference? Godly sorrow means that it breaks you to know that you've broken God's laws, his 10 commandments. And a worldly sorrow is the fear of getting caught, and that's not sincere evidence of salvation. Yeah, it's like false repentance. It's like yeah. banging banging your head over and over and doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Oh man, God's well, saying, "I have I have something better for you. I have my all of my all of me for all of you." And that's the that's the offer, you know. And just you know, false repentance is it's literally it's insanity. If you think about it, it's doing what is insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again. Right. Yeah. God knows your heart. So he knows what every secret you have in your heart. There's no hiding anything from God. So you might as well not even try. Um, The other thing I see, Dave, with um, ex-New Agers is the two ditches of antinomianism and legalism. And so if we could just discuss those for a minute. Um, A lot of times people will come out of the New Age and I had when I first came out, I had a lot of charismatic friends. I don't even know how it happened. (laughs) I just, I was, all of a sudden I was in two prayer groups with all charismatics. And so we were doing decreeing and declaring and praying the blood over us and binding Satan and all these things. And it sounded biblical. And these people had been professing Christians much longer than me. So I believed them. So be, be careful to get yourself plugged into a really sound church. So the the antinomianism is the belief that when you're saved, that you it twists the whole passages about freedom and liberty in Christ to think that there's you can do whatever you want. So you have complete freedom, and it ignores the passages warning against idolatry and divination and drunkenness and, and uh, adultery, and ignores all those because they're not reading the Bible. They're just saying, woohoo, we can have a party and go to heaven afterwards. So that's one ditch. And then the other ditch is where you get all legalistic and you think that you're saved by your works. And of course, us being reformed, we absolutely know that we're saved by God's grace and mercy through our faith in Jesus. And we're only obeying God because we're commanded to, because we want to, we want to obey God when we're saved. We're not doing it to be saved. We're doing it because we're saved. Mm, Yeah, that's really good. I mean, the antinomian thing, uh, literally living a lawless, uh, I mean, the, the literal definition of that is lawless living. It's its literally probably the largest issue in the church today. You know, you have people that it's one of the reasons that people struggle with assurance so much um, because they are living however they want to. Now, now we would distinguish as Reformed people between you know our perseverance, which is absolutely 100% rooted in Christ, but our fellowship with God, the Bible tells us, can be hindered uh, because when we sin, First John one tells us that that you know if we if we say that we don't sin, we make God to be a liar. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us 
So we're not talking about security. We're talking about uh, our our fellowship with God is broken. It's hindered. It's because we're drinking from the wrong. Jesus offers us, he says in uh, John 7, or, yeah, 7, that he offers us living water. So think of that as a cistern. What happens when when a horse drinks or, or we would drink from a bad well of water, uh, we're probably going to get sick. Like my my dog ate or drank, uh, I gave it spoiled milk, so it felt sick. The same is true with us. If we drink spoiled milk, we're going to get sick. And God offers us living water in the word, you know, and he uses spirit in our lives to take the word and to drive it home into our lives. And so lawless living is actually, it, it's it's... It's against law, the God's law, but it's also uh, it's also where we come under God's discipline, and we don't we don't talk enough about that. I don't think we don't have the we don't have the right and necessary you know qualifications and distinctions on that particular point, and so people get confused. But just living however you want to do, just you know, opening your phone, looking at Instagram, thinking I'm good, or going to that website that you shouldn't go to. The reason that your conscience is screaming at you and you probably have a hard time sleeping is because guess what? You're, you're living against the law. And actually, I had to realize this myself when, you know, before I got really convicted of, of living in pornography, that was what I was doing. Uh, I was doing this whole perpetual cycle of false repentance. And um, I, my conscience screamed at me. I was under discipline from God. My fellowship with God was was hindered. And so you can't you can't just live however you you want to live whether you're from the new age or or you're you're in the church or and and doing thinking I can do whatever I want to and just kind of walking through the motions uh, it it just it doesn't work. Nope. Um, so please just please just repent uh, and uh it's 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 better just to come out in the light than to live in that perpetual cycle where you you wonder why why I can't sleep, why do I feel guilty? Why do I feel like crap? Why do I feel like dirt? Well, it's because God wants to cleanse your conscience and he wants to, you know, wash that away and you're just fighting it and going through the perpetual cycle of insanity. So true. Yeah. I also talk to a lot of people who come out of new age who are uh, worried about their finances because they their living was tied into the new age. They maybe they were a Reiki master or astrologer or some sort of new age like a psychic, and they wondered, you know, how am I going to replace my income now? And and so that's for for me having gone through that myself. It's a wonderful opportunity to learn how to lean on God and to trust God and His promises that he will meet the needs of believers and he knows what our needs are and and to let go of that belief that's real new age grounded on uh, thinking you're in control you know you're instead of god is sovereign thinking that it's up to you to control and manifest your future and uh, and that's so dangerous because it puts you on the pedestal instead of god on the throne yeah something that uh, has helped me in in that is understanding god's providence yeah. God controls all of history. And, and that just sounds, I mean, when you really think about it and you study that doctrine, it'll take you into the into the heavyweight things of God. But it also is eminently practical because we have a providential God. Uh, we can trust him and uh, his uh, his working in our lives. And, and what that means is very practically what Paul talks about in Philippians 4. The reason that we can be anxious for nothing 
he says in Philippians 4, 5, the Lord is near. Um, it's the underpinning of everything. So we can not be anxious because we know that God is with us. He's He's there. He's everywhere. He's here with us in this room. He's And he's, you know, in the cosmos. He's, he's in everything. He's everywhere all at the same time. And he knows everything that's happening. And he, if that doesn't blow your mind, he also upholds and governs this world and knows your thoughts before you even think them. And, and a hundred other thousand things that would probably blow most of our people, people's brains. But, you know, that's, that's, that's our God, you know, it's a our biblical God and, and, and the God of the Bible. And that helps us uh, to, to trust. It doesn't mean that, you know, some people uh, do struggle with anxiety. So we're not saying that, like, we're not saying that you never struggle with anxiety because people do have, you know, uh, anxiety and issues with anxiety. We're, we're not saying that. I'm saying that we're saying that these truths help you with anxiety. Yeah. And the more that you know these truths, the more they'll help you. Yeah. yeah. I love that you point to Philippians 4. That's my favorite go-to passage for anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. And, and so it really comes down to pray. And instead of the self-talk of anxiety to get on your knees and just as David modeled for us in the Psalms, just to pour out your heart to God and tell him things that maybe you don't feel good about, maybe you're ashamed of, but God knows what's in your heart and tell God and ask him for help. But at the same time, don't tell God how to help you. Um, trust his, his sovereign nature that he knows exactly what's best for you. And sometimes it might be that he leaves you in a season of suffering um, for humbleness or to draw you closer to God or whatever his reason is, it's always the right reason. How can we help equip people in our local churches to engage others in the new age? Oh gosh, that'd be so nice. Um, so people in the new age are brainwashed to be afraid and phobic of negativity. Um, in the new age, there's a belief there's no such thing as demons, but there's something called negative energy, which it doesn't even make sense. But in the new age, you're you're brainwashed to be just absolutely so terrified of negative energy or negative thoughts or negative speech or negative words. And so the devil has set this up to make new agers kind of um, the, the gospel washes over them without penetrating them because the new agers view the gospel as negative. And the devil also has this new age belief that um, the crucifixion didn't really happen it's a Babylonian Sumerian myth, uh, kind of like an Egyptian rebirth story like Osiris. And uh, and so if you say Jesus died for your sins, the New Agers will roll their eyes and they won't believe it. And then they'll also roll their eyes if you say you're a sinner, because the New Age teaches that we are all um, still Genesis 1.26. We're still made in God's image and likeness and that the fall was a metaphor not a reality. So therefore God doesn't create evil. So how could we have sin in us? I mean, it's just, the devil has just created this insulation so that new agers can hear the gospel, but it won't penetrate their hearts. So that's where I was at. And a lot of new agers we talked to. So since we have to, someone has to hear the gospel to be saved, right? Um, and so how do we do that? Well, there's a few different ways. Of course, prayer is the number one thing to do with anyone who's in the new age. So we, we can ask congregations to put new agers or professing Christians who are dabbling in new age on their prayer list. That would be really helpful. And 
the way to have a new ager hear the gospel has got to be to bypass their defenses. Um, I heard it on the radio and that's how I was, you know, bypassed my defenses with Alistair Begg. Um, but also you, new agers like to be prayed over. New agers are all about me, 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 me. So if you say, let me pray over you, um, that's like asking them to go to the spa and get a massage. You know, that's something that they will like. Uh, so you can say, can I pray over you? Or you can say prayer grace when you're eating together and new agers will generally be open to that. And, and then this is what's essential is when you're saying the prayer out loud, incorporate the gospel into it. So you want us to say dear God, thank you for this meal. Thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross for us while we were still sinners, while we were still making, um, you know, breaking your law, all of us. And, uh, and, and loving us enough that your son would die and suffer on the cross. And then you raised him three days later um, from the dead and he's at your right hand and he will return to judge us all. And so you could just incorporate the gospel that way. And the new ager might go, oh, negative, negative, but they heard it. And the seed has been planted and then it's up to God um, what happens next. That's so good. I, I really like that. That's, that's really yeah, good. we want to make sure. I mean, Paul talks really clearly about we we're not going to change the gospel or water it down to try to make it more marketable or more palatable. That's a false gospel, and we would be accursed by doing that, uh, as Galatians says. So, what we want to do is say the gospel, pray for God to give you boldness and for the Holy Spirit to speak through you, and 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 really trust this is God's sovereignty. He's given us the gospel to, you know, delineate to people, to speak to people. And by doing so, we go and make disciples. And then the Holy Spirit does his work. I think I had to learn that when I was first saved, is that it's not up to me to save other New Agers. Mm. It's not up to us to save. That's the Holy Spirit's role. Our role is to share the gospel. And, and to trust, be, yeah. yeah. And to trust be good role models of, of Christ-likeness as much as we can. And as you said, yeah. to trust. Yeah, trust the spirit to do what only the spirit can do is that's what you're saying is it really is to trust the spirit to do the do the work. He does he does the conviction, he does the you know the work and we just we're faithful and he's the one that irresistibly draws them and you know he's the one who saves, he's the one who holds them secure, he's the one who's going to glorify them. Um he's the one that's going to make us so that we we arrive at, in in heaven with Christ forever. So pray, praise the Lord for that. I mean, Amen. so, so Doreen, um, you know, we, we talked, I think last time about yoga and you know, I've got a lot of people that comment and I don't show you those because I don't even want to, I don't even want to read them. I'm just like, delete, 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 yep. delete. Yep. But like the, for people that are in the church, you know, they're Christians. Uh, they, they might dabble in yoga. They, they think maybe that you're, misguided um being charitable using the the nicest way to say this uh about your thoughts your perspective on yoga what, what would you say to that to that person who you know or, or maybe even about the enneagram and i know they're two totally different things yeah but, no they're the same but, actually yeah but like what would you <laughs> say what would you say to that person like mm -hmm. maybe just talk directly to them yeah well i mean I think it's important to listen to objections. So hopefully they'd be nice and loving while they're saying objections. A lot of the first objection I always get is it's just stretching. 
And stretching is fine. I mean, that's natural. Um, but then the second thing that I always talk about with yoga is my background. My background is I did yoga for 20 years. A lot of people who are arguing for it have dabbled in it for maybe six months, you know, so my experience, I think trumps that. And then I, you know, I don't want to boast, but I have a master's now in biblical and theological studies, and I've written a paper on every book of the Bible and got um, a three, 3.90 grade point average. So straight A's with one B in all my 56 units. Um, so I, I, I'm not a scholar in the sense of like compared to like a Westminster professor or something, but I know the Bible. And so these people are arguing, I mean, are you reading the Bible? Um, when I read the Bible, I read commandments against idolatry. And have you studied the genesis of yoga? I have. And when you go to the scriptures of Hinduism, which is the Vedas, and they're ancient books, and some people argue, well, they're older than the Bible, but that's that's not a valid argument. That's that's a red herring. Um, that the Vedas say that each of the poses is bowing down to a, one of their three million deities. Three million. It's polytheism. And if you read the Bible and you look at what God says about polytheism, the Canaanites, for example, uh, the Egyptians, again and again, God condemns that and calls the Israelites and and the, and our ch the church, you know, we're grafted into the Israelites um, to only worship our one true triune God. And so, how can we be involved in anything? I mean, I I point to this verse myself. 1 Corinthians 10, 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Ephesians 5, 11, have nothing to do with darkness. Instead, expose it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm following the commandment to expose darkness. Hinduism is yoga. And yoga means yoke in Sanskrit. It means yoke to Brahma, the creator God of Hinduism. Do you really want to be yoked to him? Um, a lot of people argue for the Enneagram and yoga and divination because it makes them feel good and they go off their feelings instead of theology. And we, we both know that that's a huge mistake, but are they reading the Bible daily? Are they really praying for God's conviction, for the Holy Spirit to conviction? conviction? I think if anyone would do that, the answer would be clear. And then they can go to my YouTube channel and they could look at, I have two or three videos from former yoga instructors. I think I have four four videos. And the yoga instructors, including one who was involved in so-called holy yoga, so-called Christian yoga, where they use scriptures instead of Sanskrit, um, she thought she could blend the two until the Holy Spirit just came on to her like a hammer through her husband, by the way. Um, and she saw that she was practicing idolatry. She repented for it. Now she does a YouTube channel. Uh, her name's Caitlin Engelbert of non-yoga stretching. And that's what we want to be involved in. I do that daily. I, I work out every single day because I have a heart condition. I have to keep my heart exercised or I go into a fibrillation. And part of my exercise every single day is stretching. So I'm really big on stretching, not against stretching. I'm against the sun salutation in particular, because Virabhadrasana, the triangle pose, the warrior pose, is acting out a demonic murder scene uh, from the Vedas with the, the demon called Virabhadras. And 
that doesn't glorify God. How does that glorify God for me to pretend I'm the demon Barabadras? You know, it just doesn't. And it's not a natural stretch either. It's this complete angular locking your arms into position pose that is not natural stretching. So if someone wants to put me down for my views, I actually am going to point to Galatians 1.10 and say, I'm not a people pleaser. I'm a God pleaser. I'm here to obey God after 59, 58 years of disobeying God. I'm doing, I'm still a sinner. Of course I'm forgiven, but I'm still a sinner, but I'm, I now care about not disobeying God. I, I desperately want to obey God. Amen. Well, I'm thankful for your for your boldness. I'm thankful for your clarity on on this because I mean it's not like you're not being clear. That's a thing. And that's what bothers me in most of the comments that I've gotten. It's like it, it's a personal ad hominem argument. And that doesn't deal with the substance of what you said. Now yeah. if you're going to like you said, we're not against uh, objections. If you have a legitimate objections, you know, Doreen would answer those. Oh, yes. And yes, so would I. But but if you're going to engage in ad hominem personal attacks, which is the majority of these people, yeah, then then just leave the comment, leave your keyboard and, and leave your phone <laughs> out, out of it. You know, I'm just I'm not being like I'm not being mean when I say that. I'm just saying, like, uh-huh. don't don't do that. But the other thing I think you. You said is so important because I think that this is there's some Christians that I think need to really hear what you said because they think that it's just an innocent thing and it's like wait a minute what is idolatry you know uh, in in First uh, John five twenty one a very last verse a very interesting how he says this little children keep yourselves from idols yep now what is an idol it's it's something that is less than uh, God himself. God is eternally self-sufficient in and of himself. He he doesn't need us, but he made us in his image and likeness. And he is perfectly fine all by himself. And that's why he is enough for us. He, we, we need God. He doesn't need us, but yet he still made us for himself and for his glory and that i think pretty much obliterates what would like takes it to the other level uh, of the objection it's like you're you're not enough you're never going to be enough yep. uh, but god is enough and god can save you and god by the spirit can teach you and open your eyes and point you to christ and right. that's what you need you, you need yeah. to you know and you need and you need people around you who are going to do that with you and for you. So I would say to the Christian who thinks that they're doing yoga, I would just echo what you're saying, but I would say, don't, you don't have to be deceived. You know, you can stretch and you should work out. I mean, Paul buffeted his body. He disciplined him, himself as, as an athlete would in, you know, the Roman Olympic games. Uh, but, you know, he didn't engage in yoga or Enneagram or any of those other things. So, yeah, you know, discipline, well, yeah. You know, the the thing is that um, deception is a progressive, and, and the Bible says this, that it, it, it gets worse and worse. And so um, the devil will use feel-good methods like candy to entice people. And he, the devil knows that you're, you're hurting, that you're lonely, uh, that you want companionship, you know, so that you certain basic things that all humans want. And so the devil will promise the path to get those things through these new age methods 
Um, there's a researcher named Candy Gunther Brown, who's got a wonderful book that's a compilation of studies about yoga. She's a Christian and, and shows that, um, that people get into yoga initially for exercise and health, but when they checked in on yoga students six months into their new yoga routine, they had switched to being into it for spirituality. So we have to just be so careful. So I'm warning people, um, I'm not judging them. I'm warning them that I came out of this deception. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, decades of being into this, uh, fully into these practices and teaching them. My, I used to require my students to do yoga every day if they wanted a certificate from me. Uh, my best friend owned a yoga studio. And so I was all in. I had all the fancy yoga mats and the Ganesha t-shirts and, you know, just so, I mean, I was there, but if someone is not ready to hear that, I understand that, but I would prefer that they don't attack me, but go to the Bible and show me where you're supporting that you can do yoga. And that's where we can have our discussion. Absolutely. I mean, I know I'm a sinner. And before I was saved, I was a horrible, wretched sinner. I was right up there with Paul saying he was the chief of sinners. I mean, I can put myself up there. I was the woman at the well, been there, done that with sin because I, I didn't have um, Jesus as my anchor and I've repented for all those things. And, you know, God can use repented sinners, those with a contrite heart. And he's using me for that. Amen, friend. And I'm so thankful he is. Yeah. Christ in you and through you and all for his glory. So Amen. what are, what are some of the biggest objections you deal with outside of the, probably the ones that we just talked about, about the new age and biblical Christianity? Well, I mean, that's the big one that you mentioned that people say they can blend the two, you know, I just can, I just want to read my horoscope in the newspaper. It's that's harmless. You know, everyone does that. And, and, and they don't realize that again, that's the devil offering up a little bit of poison, just a little poison with a lot of sugar in it. And he's just, he's just always looking for us to drop our guard. And the apostle Peter, as you know, said that we have to be vigilant and be sober minded because the devil's like a prowling lion searching for someone to devour. He wants to drag souls into hell with him. And so we don't need to be like looking over our shoulder, paranoid of demons. That's also a mistake that sometimes people make coming out of the new age is that they're obsessed with demons and they get into deliverance ministry in all that. But um, we do need to um, be in our Bible every single day. Um, I, I always point to the phrase Bible before breakfast, word before world, before you do anything else, read at least one chapter, and then don't just read it, pray on it, um, meditate on that chapter and, and ask for the Holy Spirit's wisdom. I read from the Reformation Study Bible every day. So I read R.C. Sproul's notes on it. And then um, for me throughout the day, I listen to sermons. So I listen to Alistair Begg and, and I listen to um, John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul almost every day on RefNet Radio, um, which is a free radio station that's got a nice balance of talk and music, by the way. And, and just stay immersed in the word because the world is doing its best to get you away from Jesus and the Bible. Mm, well said, friend. Well said. Well, where can people go to, to find you, you know, on social media or at your website? You know, tell us about some mm -hmm. of those things. Yeah. YouTube channel, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of remiss on my social media at the moment because my full-time job is taking care of my mom at the moment. Um, so, but you can read articles. I've written blogs on DoreenVirtue.com. 
and also on my Instagram page, uh, Doreen Virtue. And then I've got Facebook and YouTube is Doreen Virtue for F-O-R Jesus. And, uh, and so people are welcome to write me at the moment. I, I prayerfully will answer maybe three to five letters a day. That's about all I can get to. And I have um, a lot of letters in my inbox, but I will do my best. And I would just say, um, you know, follow Dave Jenkins on social media, follow Michelle Leslie, who you've had on your show. She's got a really great website that lists all the false teachers and why she doesn't, you know, slander them. She says, this is why you don't want to follow all these false teachers. And she also has a list of um, a lot of grace community churches and other churches around the world that people could go to. It's so important to get plugged into a good church. I, I, I couldn't deal with things in my life without the support of my church and the sisters I have made at church. They're just, um, it's so helpful. And, and Bible study, get involved with good Bible studies. I go to two of them a week and, um, you know, the, the word is really where you want to live. Amen, friend. Amen. Thank you for your kind words too. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's a lot that we could really talk about. And I, as I always say on this show, we really have only scratched the surface. Yes. So, and I mean that. I really do. Uh, we, If we were to talk about everything on these questions, we would keep you for hours. Oh, and, let's, and, let's, and let's just be honest. We're not the Just Thinking podcast. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, all in all fun here. Uh, just as we wrap up, do you have any uh, takeaways for us? Well, I think that, you know, the world seems to be getting darker and scarier. Um, I'm 63 years old and I've been reading the news since I was a kid. And uh, yeah, it it definitely has gotten darker um, and scarier. But the, you know, Paul says that with any kind of trial, it's to make us draw closer to God. So in these times that it seems so challenging, make sure you're on your knees and just talking to God and praying and just pray, pray, pray. Don't tell God what to do. Don't tell God how to fix your requests um, because he's sovereign. Um, but do pour out your heart to God and, and be anxious for nothing. But in mm. prayer and supplication, just pray about everything. So good. Well, I appreciate you, friend. You know that. Thank and you. So Same thankful. here. You and Sarah, I just love you both so much. We love you too. So thank you. Guys, I encourage you to follow Doreen on her YouTube channel and on her Instagram. You'll be you'll be very blessed as I am. So thank you so much, friend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.